have, have been bubbling very nicely. So, you know, this week it was a bit of a, a wake-up call for some people who may not have focused on it. And then you're still seeing some rotation from that uh, value uh, from the growth sector, let's say on the tech side, into some of the more value stocks. So, yes, it has been disruptive. Inflation's there. The question is, is it transitory, driven by the supply constraints and the recovery and the pent-up demand, or is it more structural? And I think that debate uh, we can have over the coming weeks um, it's it's certainly going to stay and remain elevated, I would think, over the, uh, over the medium term. Toby, thanks very much indeed. Have a great weekend. That's Toby Lawson, the CEO of Societe Generale India. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Let's take a final look at the markets for this week in Australia. The SX200 is up just over 1%. Same story for Japan, the Nikkei 225, advancing 1.1% at the open. Uh, futures markets indicating a jump of about half a percent for the Hang Seng Index. In South Korea, the Cosby is up 0.8%. And in the commodities markets, Brent crude oil at $67.02 a barrel. Gold is at $1,825 an ounce. Thank you very much for listening this week. Do have a great weekend. Uh, just a reminder of a couple of programmes, actually, for today. First of all, uh, back chat in just a moment with Hugh Chiverton and Danny Gittings. And also just a reminder that tonight at 10 o'clock on Radio 3, it's the final All the Way with Ray before Uncle Ray Codero hangs up his headphones. On behalf of the Money Talk team, I'd like to wish Ray a very happy and well-deserved retirement. Let me give you an update on the weather forecast just before I go. Uh, mainly cloudy, few showers, isolated thunderstorms at first, hot with sunny periods during the day and a maximum temperature of around 32 degrees. And it is going to be fine and very hot during the weekend, sunny periods and a few showers early next week. There is a thunderstorm warning in place right now. It's 29 degrees, 78% relative humidity. 8.32, here's Samantha Butler with the half-hour news. The Israeli military has intensified its attacks on Palestinian militants in the Gaza Strip. There's been heavy shelling in the north and east involving gunboats, fighter jets and helicopters. Video footage showed explosions lighting up the sky over Gaza City. Here's the BBC's Jeremy Bowen. Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said in a tweet that Israel would charge a very high price from Hamas. The operation in Gaza, he said, would continue for as long as necessary. Earlier in the evening, hundreds of Palestinians left the northern Gaza Strip because they said Israel was shelling their houses. Any Israeli escalation in Gaza risks provoking even worse sectarian violence on its own streets between Jewish and Arab citizens. Israeli police spent the evening dealing with more violence between Jewish and Arab gangs who've been roaming the streets looking for trouble in towns with a mixed Jewish and Arab population. President Biden has hailed the success of the COVID vaccination campaign in the United States. He was speaking after the Centers for Disease Control said fully vaccinated people no longer needed to wear a mask outdoors and indoors. The president said it was a great milestone, but he warned the fight against COVID-19 wasn't yet over. If you're vaccinated, you can be around the vaccinated or unvaccinated people. But if you're not vaccinated or not fully vaccinated, you should wear a mask for your own protection and the protection of other unvaccinated people. Remember, as fast as we've gone, most people under the age of 65 aren't vaccinated yet. It's going to take a little more time for everyone who wants to get vaccinated to get their shots. 
American scientists say Californian condors have retained a high degree of genetic diversity despite a population of just a few hundred. Here's the BBC's Anna Pissarro. Californian condors, vultures with a three-metre wingspan, went briefly extinct in the wild due to lead poisoning, loss of habitat and poaching. In the 1980s, only 22 of these black scavengers were left in captivity. They were reintroduced to parts of California, North Arizona and Utah, and now 300 live in the wild. Endangered species often lack genetic diversity, leading to inbreeding and reduced adaptability. Scientists say finding great differences in the genetic makeup of North America's largest soaring bird was unexpected and probably a legacy from their historically large populations. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Backchat. I'm Hugh Chiverton and your co-host today is Danny Gittings. Danny, good morning to you. Good morning. Today we're talking about the police and public toilets. As you may well have heard, Senior Assistant Commissioner and Director of National Security Frederick Choi was caught recently during a raid on an unlicensed massage parlour and has now been put on leave. The police chief, Chris Tang, said the Organised Crime and Triad Bureau is now looking into the case. He adds that the incident would have an effect on the overall situation of the police force. Lawmaker Paul Chair pointed out that visiting an unlicensed massage parlour is not illegal. Uh, it's no worse than going to an unlicensed restaurant and not even as serious as jaywalking, he said. Do you agree? What do you think of the police's handling? Uh, what and uh, how did the media report on the incident? The Commissioner and other senior policemen have been outspoken on many issues from fake news to geopolitics lately with many, many interviews. Do you welcome this? What is the public image of the police like now in Hong Kong? Let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat and RTHK Radio 3. You can email us, backchat at rthk.hk, or you can call us, and our number is 233-88266. After 9.15, we're going to be discussing, as I say, public toilets uh, in Hong Kong. The Ombudsman has just released a report calling for, among other things, heavy penalties on contractors to improve the state of our public toilets. How do you rate them? How would you improve them? Let us know your thoughts. You can email backchat at rthk. .hk. Uh, we will be talking about the police in uh, just a second. We've got a few kind of interesting uh, emails on different aspects uh, of that. Um, let's just get an email. This is from Mark Pinkston, uh, a frequent guest on our programme. Uh, who says, uh, who has the subject line, Michelle. And uh, Mark says, for once I will not comment on today's subject, but instead bid farewell to your producer, Michelle, who leaves today after spending endless days and months finding guests and taking calls for your excellent show. She's played a major role in making Backchat the successful programme it's become. Well done, Michelle, and best wishes for the future. That comes from uh, Mark. I'm into yeah. that. Here, here, yes. Thank you very much indeed, Michelle. Uh, joining us for our first topic, we have with us uh, Lokin Hay, who's chairman of the Democratic Party and uh, Southern District Council, and Steve Vickers, CEO of St uh, Steve Vickers and Associates, uh, SVA, a specialist political and corporate risk consultancy, with an expert, uh, an expert in crisis management. Uh, Lokin Hay, good morning to you. Good morning. Is this a is this a really a big deal? Is this a big deal or a small deal? What do you think? Well, I think what is most important is the way that the police force deal with that. Because, you know, in the, in the past, uh, when the police uh, hold a press conference or, or press stand-up, uh, and, and they, they have their, when they got the live notifications from Facebook or, or, or from other uh, apps, uh, and, and, and finally, you find out that it was just some trivial cases. 
And and you know that is that is a total different ways of dealing with things uh, when they come to this uh, uh, massage shop saga. Uh, uh, so I think that is the way that they deal with things that that matter most. Of course, uh, uh, the, the the police going to uh, an illegal uh, massaging shop. It is something which is which is not the very very important one, which is not the most important thing in the world, but um, it is still something. But the way that that the police deal with that is another issue. Well, it came, uh, the commissioner came out very fast, didn't he, to uh, re- respond to the press reports. I mean, press reports broke in the middle of the night, and by the afternoon he was out there making a statement about it, and he admitted that um, it, it, it might have some effect on the reputation of the, of the police force. He is very fast uh, until the report is <laughs> broken. Uh, it's being uh, public by the media, and the people uh, got known of it. So it is different from what they have uh, been doing in the past. Uh, in the past, they, they do it uh, on their own. They, 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 there is no, no leaking of information. There is no sources that leak the information to the newspaper and then force them to, res- to respond. Uh, and, 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 and it is also a, a different kind of approach that they handle this case uh, in the past. Always commented uh, on all sort of things. Uh, even when the case is in judicial process, they still keep on commenting. And now they refrain themselves from commenting and said it's just an uh, internal investigation is being held. Uh, the, 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 the crime and or, the organized crime uh, branches is, is doing something. And, 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 and the commissioner for police. He didn't actually answer anything. We didn't even know what exactly they're they're into. Are they in investigating into a, a crime situation? Is it uh, a, a, a discipline situation, or is it something else? We we don't even know about that. So the way that the police deal with that is totally different from what they have done before. Isn't this controversy just, to be honest, just partly about the fact that you and many other people in Hong Kong don't like the national security law? And so if you're opposed to national security law, you're sort of pleased to see the people who are in charge of enforcing it get into trouble. Well, well, I think this is, um, I think that is, that is not uh, something which is too important to me. Uh, the, the, the one being in trouble, no matter it is he's the commissioner for police or he's uh, the, the in charge of the national security branch or he's uh, in charge of other branches. I think that is, that is not quite important uh, in this sense. But of course, uh, given that he is um, um, the, the head of the national security branch, there are other things that the people will think about. For example, whether or not, um, because, you know, uh, some pro-Beijing legislators said uh, there may be foreign interference into these issues. Um, so um, does he mean that uh, the, the, the technician who offer the, the service to the, to the police is a foreign agent, or did he mean that someone who leaked the information to the media is a foreign agent? Both will be very serious situation if that is the case. Uh, because that means that there is some foreign agent in the police and or 
there are some foreign agents trying to spy on the head of the national security, and we don't know how much information he got that she got from him. So um, I think that the, the, the position of, of uh, Mr. Choi uh, is uh, is a very sensitive one, and 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 this and I think this is uh, more important for the police to. Uh, to explain or to review uh, as much information as possible to the public to, to, to alleviate those uh, questions. Steve Vickers, good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, wh- what do you think about this? I mean, Logan Hay was highlighting there the way the police have, have handled this and the, the, you know, the media and so on. How, how would you read that as a, a former policeman yourself? Um, well, I mean, it's a peculiar... This is a very peculiar situation. Mm. Um, one, we don't actually know what happened. We don't know when it happened. We don't know where it happened. And we don't know what the nature of the allegation is, if there is one, uh, or what's supposed to have happened. Um, also, it was quite odd the way it came into the media. Um, no disrespect meant to the South China Morning Post, but it, it's not really well known for um, the newspaper that scoops the, the hot news around town. I mean, it's highly unusual. Um, well, no, I mean, you assume somebody gave it to them. Somebody, Right, but why, why would you pick an English-language media if you wanted to? Yeah, good that? question. A credibility or something? I suppose if... I mean, there was some speculation, for example, if they'd given it to Apple Daily, it could have been dismissed more easily. Who and, knows? All, all I'm yeah, saying is, nobody, yeah. to this point, we still don't know what happened, what the allegation is or whatever, so I'm going to be a little guarded in, in what I say because I think the laws of libel still apply... Uh, uh, Clearly, the only reason that this is a hot, hot story, and it is a hot, hot story, is because of the, the gentleman's position uh, in, 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 in the national security. But that's why this is a, a hot story. But the, the lack of um, information, we don't know whether it's uh, simply a, perhaps a poor judgment situation by being in the wrong place, whether it's something worse, um, whether there are other allegations, whether there's a complainant. Um, it would be quite unusual, uh, in my experience, anyway, over the years, for, for something like this to to to, um, to result in a suspension like that. So the whole thing is a uh, it really is it's, it's quite a dark box at the moment. But you 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 agree that the fact that he's in the national national security department does make a difference. I, it doesn't actually have to be the national security department. He is. In, I mean, I think some police officers themselves said he is in a sensitive post within the uh, within the police force. And um, well, you could say that. But to be honest, it was the head of the fire service or the prisons department or the immigration department or whatever. Uh, I don't think he would have the same um, uh, the same. The, 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 the big story in town is clearly the national security law, and this is an angle on it which is. Um, uh, and who knows what the truth is? Um, it, it's also interesting that the case went to the uh, organised crime bureau. Yeah. Um, but then, uh, to the, be honest, tell, 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 tell again, us sorry more about that. Why, why, why is that interesting? And uh, is well, it's, uh, inter- it's just that I mean, it's probably appropriate that somebody not in your own immediate sphere of of influence looks at it. The difficulty is, of course, when you're that senior. Um, you, you know, you've probably met everybody, but in this instance, they made that decision. Um, maybe it's a wise decision. I don't. Know. They, I, the, the, the force always has a, also has a, an internal uh, review. Of, uh, in addition to the complaints against police, they have a uh, an internal affairs type department which does reviews on on things. I mean, really, we we really just don't know. Um, the, the, we haven't had the. No one's been charged 
with anything. And clearly, it, it affords an opportunity for a certain side of society who are very angry over um, recent developments. Uh, and the polarization is quite interesting. If you, if you scramble, I had a quick scramble through the media and the columns and what have you in Chinese. The um, Ming Bo ran something on the 13th of May, written by a heroic uh, guy who calls himself Prophet Lee. Uh, that was probably the first observation that I could find of any media, um, um, of a media column on it. And in response, uh, some of the, the blue groups took a, uh, it immediately polarized. Um, so we went to, uh, there's a group called Save Hong Kong, which has a Facebook, um, which has a Facebook group, which was, which made allegations that this was a consequence of, of um, uh, his work and whatever. Great, very, very supportive of him. Whereas others have um, taken a very hard, a uh, very hard position. Bottom line is, we actually don't know what happened. We don't know what the truth is, um, and I think it's a bit of a while should before we, it comes out. I mean, yeah, should we know? Do you think? I mean, should the police be more open on, on with that kind of information that you mentioned? We don't have. Is, well, I don't know how serious. I mean, I, I genuinely just don't know um, how serious it is. And also, the, I mean, is it appropriate to put out on the internet? Hello, everybody. One of our guys was was um, was found in an unlicensed. Um, establishment. I mean, normally it wouldn't be a, it isn't a news story, except it is a news story because of, of, of his position. So quite quite unusual um, until the facts are known. I think speculation is, is, is I mean, damaging. As you know, the police in particular, Chris Tang, have been very chatty lately, haven't they? They've been talking about their, you know, not just the law, but what laws they'd like to see put in place. They've been talking about geopolitics uh, and the role of uh, the United States uh, yeah. and things like this, and in, in sort of and the DNA of America in, in, you know, in discussions, in an interview with uh, Bloomberg uh, and things like this. So, you know, when when they shut up on this issue, it's, uh, it obviously it might raise some eyebrows. Um, what is the issue? I mean, all, all I know, is what you know, is what I've seen is a, is a, an allegation well, that, a, that a gentleman, the gentleman concerned, was in a unlicensed massage establishment, which I don't think is a criminal offence, um, unless something happened there, which is not apparent. And the manner of it okay. coming out, as I say, is, is really quite interesting. Well, well news, Steve, as you know, many of these places are brothels. Uh, many of these places are uh, associated with uh, criminal elements. They're often run by uh, triads. They're really not the sort of place that you'd expect a senior person like this to be uh, frequenting. And, you know... Well, my problem I mean, would be, for, I, I mean, from, from, from an RTSK point of view, I mean, I, 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 I take you know, we, point, had, but, you know, we, we had a director... don't know where it is. Can I finish? Can I finish? If you could we, tell me that this is ABC... Uh, establishment in in, in Mongkok, uh, and that one one would be able to do some research to work out whether or not it is. Is, it, is that a triad controlled area or what? Nobody knows. Mm -hmm. You don't know. No. But so I, all I would say is just we just take a deep breath and, and let, let let's just see what actually happens. I, I think it's um, very strange, very strange how it came out. Um, I agree. It could have been in terms of transparency, but what do you expect? I mean, we really expect that the police are going to make it earnest, uh, an earnest attempt to broadcast uh, dirty washing in public? I mean, I think not. Um, the media's reporting of it has obviously been quite... Well, um, OK, I think, uh, Steve, I think you're quite wrong there. I mean, that's their job, isn't it? Uh, dirty wa wash... No, it's not their job. 
look, their job is to be transparent. Their, their job is not to protect their public. reputation. Their job is they're not a PMR but you don't agency. Know, if you, what you, I, I know you, you, your position. I don't have a dog in this race. I'm not blue, I'm not yellow. I'm just trying to be objective. And I, I, I think we don't know what happened. We don't know even when it happened. We don't know where it happened. Uh, the, 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 the way to do it is to push for further information so that people can make a, a valued judgment. So is this just a poor judgment issue? Is it worse? I mean, what is it? But it's not just out of the law, is it? I mean, the police force has its own rules and regulations. I'm sure there must be a rule, rule and regulation about not, not acting even when you're off duty in a way that brings the force into disrepute. In, in, indeed so. Um, it, it, but did he do that? Well, I mean... It, uh, I, mean I mean, are you saying that's what he did? Uh, in an in sta- establishment like, as, as Hugh was saying, you had the director of, former director of RTHK who wasn't attending any kind of a unlawful establishment, but nonetheless, when it came out what he was doing, he had to resign. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's not somebody working in national security. So it right. No, I, 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 I completely understand and concur. It's just that we just don't know what happened. And if, okay. it, if it was like there was a complaint and somebody dialed 999 and said something bad is going on here and the police turned up and made an arrest, that would be a complainant and a situation. What we have at the moment is, is, is a black box and a lot of speculation. Uh, yeah, OK. Lokin, hey, do you agree? We just, don't, we just don't have the details. We don't really know. We're only getting part of the story at this stage. Yeah, exactly. We, we, don't, we don't know what is happening. But, but the point is, I, I think, what the police have been doing in the past is totally different from what they are doing now. So it's a, it's a kind of double standard and, uh, and, and people would just got more and more curious, uh, uh, curious, and uh, they got more and more questions uh, when the police act like that. Uh, and, and if there is something really so serious or it really relates to national security, then the police couldn't tell us, okay, that's fine. But if, if it's not, it is just some internal investigation or it is a criminal investigation, we don't even know about that. So I think what what the police need to tell the people. I, I I'm not I'm not I'm not urging the police to tell us everything or broadcast him uh, what when when he was uh, visiting the the massage shop. I'm just uh, asking the police to tell us what kind of investigation is this going on. Is that is that really serious or is that just uh, misbehavior or is just a feeling not good. Uh, for somebody like him to visit that shop so that he's suspended. I think that is something that the, the, the public would like to know. Of course, um, I agree with um, the gentleman that um, the, 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 the gentleman being the head of the national security made the story much more juicy. But I don't think we're, we're, we're trying to uh, targeting him to... to to, to, to uh, harass him or anything. But, but the point that uh, this news, this uh, source, leaks to the media, it is something that is uh, that, that raised a lot of speculation and, and, and things like that as well. Okay. Uh, because, you know, uh, somebody know that uh, must be someone in the police force and high in the uh, police force or somebody who are maybe in other uh, forms of uh, agents, the, the national security uh, uh, people from Beijing in Hong Kong or, or the government officials. Those who have the information and leak to the media is, something, is someone who is in power as well. 
So right. um, I think that there is a lot of speculation there. Well, there, there is a lot of speculation. Okay, here's, here's a lot of uh, uh, emails, quite a few uh, on this topic. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, Matthew says, going to an unlicensed massage parlour is not really a big deal and probably also not uncommon among both police and regular citizens. What's very interesting about this case, of course, is that the police actually bothered to raid one and to do so while Frederick Choi was there. It has the distinct fragrance of a square-up in Australian corrupt police and underworld parlance. Hong Kong's pragmatic patriots will increasingly discover the true nature of the beast they chose to sell themselves to as they become caught up in patriot versus patriot conflicts, get set up and disposed of. Frederick Choi is now almost certainly out of work for life, sanctioned and a pariah. Um, and uh, Mary says the hypocrisy of the pro-establishment knows no bounds. Remember the hoo-ha over Simon Cheng visiting an establishment in Shenzhen. District Council members sip some red wine and howls of outrage from home affairs. Paul Chair pointed out that visiting an unlicensed massage parlour is not illegal. It's no worse than going to an, uh, an unlicensed restaurant. Maybe not for Joe Public, but that an official implementing draconian NS legislation does so is quite another matter, particularly as these establishments are known to employ foreign nationals with dubious track records, and there is always a risk that activities will be recorded and used for blackmail. Regina's, uh, Regina Yip's uh, blithe uh, remark of innocent until proven guilty is quite shocking when so many respected citizens are locked up without bail for months while the authorities scramble to find justification. The label loyal trash was prescient. That comes from Mary. Uh, Jimmy says there are many such facilities in Hong Kong. Are they not some sort of Chinese tradition? What are the harms? Uh, is this a brothel that is being uh, discussed? Uh, Leon says maybe this is a silly question, but can someone explain what exactly is an unlicensed massage establishment and where actually did he go to? Did he visit a brothel with multiple girls, which would be illegal, or did he visit a one-woman sex establishment, which is not illegal? Uh, CW says clearly the senior officer has compromised his role heading up the national security team. It leaves him open to blackmail and also brings the force into disrepute. How many other police officers have visited this establishment? What a poor example he has set. That's from uh, CW. Uh, and uh, Alan says it would be appropriate if Choi was treated the same way as Simon Cheng, the UK consulate staffer, locked up for weeks in communicado, tortured and forced to confess and then vilified and driven out of Hong Kong by pro-government supporters, all for visiting a massage parlour. Aside from that, a senior policeman should be held to a higher standard. Such activity opens him up for blackmail and corruption, as well as bringing the uh, police into even more disrepute. But in the corrupt system we have now, whether he suffers any consequences will be because of politics, not justice. That's from Alan. Steve Vickers, a lot of interesting comments from listeners there. How about uh, listener Matthew, his reference to in Australian language a square up between different uh, groups within the police. I, you, you mentioned earlier you've been checking Chinese language commentaries. I'm, I'm sure you're aware a lot, a lot of people are talking about, the, talking about that, imputing motives to uh, a raid by one division, catching an officer from another division. Yeah, I mean, if that's what happened, um, maybe Matthew's got more information than than I have. Uh, so I, I no, don't he hasn't. It's just, but it is, uh, you would agree, it is fairly wide speculation at uh, the moment. Certainly, it's, all, it's the largest, it was the, it was the hot story. So, I mean, there would, there would be, you could speculate till the cows come home whether it was, uh, whether he was targeted by the media, somebody phoned somebody up, uh, whether there was an internal punch-up within the, uh, the organisation that he works in whether dark, external, I mean, who knows? The speculation could go on for forever. Like I say, it was really odd that it surfaced of all the places in the South China Morning Post, which is absolutely not known for 
You, you sound like you're a bit suspicious, because you, you referred to that at the start, now you mentioned it again. You, you're a bit suspicious of the whole thing, aren't you? You, you, you keep saying we don't know the facts, but uh, you, you, you just feel that oh, something, I mean, it, something is off here, as far as you're concerned. It, it, it's, it's just, it's just uh, odd, I mean, but it, it, it's a sensitive situation. The guy is um, obviously in a very sensitive position. The, the allegation on the, on the face of it is, we don't even know what the allegation is, other than presence in a an establishment as yet unidentified. So um, whatever happens, I mean, this is going to be, it affords an opportunity for people who are upset to, to attack. Uh, it affords other opportunities for other people to, 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 to play out has, agendas. Who knows? Uh, has Chris Tang been painted into a corner? Has he really got to let this guy go now because it will look so bad if he doesn't? We, we don't know what the allegation. I mean, if I were Chris Tang, I would sit back and say, right, get on with it, produce the report, let's see what what happened, let me make a, an assessment uh, and then move forward. It will involve not just the police force, but it would have to involve the civil service branch as well because of the senior rank of the gentleman concerned, if there is an issue. Um, also, there's some but there is an issue. who would but there be is delighted an issue, to embarrass the... somebody. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, in my personal case, I once, many years ago, I took on a major triad society. <clears throat> Within weeks, I got 100 letters sent to everybody from the jockey club uh, around town trying to make allegations. That's a normal thing if you're doing unpopular police work. This is uniquely unpopular. Um, so again, that's another factor. But we just don't know what happened, where it happened, why it happened. Um, uh, and until some form of report or investigation is done, I mean, it's just speculation. Okay. Well, Steve Vickers, many thanks for, for joining us. CEO of Steve Vickers and Associates, Specialist Political and Corporate Risk Consultancy. And to uh, Lokin Hay, Chairman of the Democratic Party. We're going to continue uh, the discussion after the news at nine. Also going to be talking about the Ombudsman's report on public toilets uh, in Hong Kong. How can we clean them up? The weather mainly cloudy with a few showers. Isolated thunderstorms under the thunderstorm warning at the moment uh, until 9.45. 30 Celsius at present. Relative humidity, 78%. <laughs> Arab citizens. Israeli police spent the evening dealing with more violence between Jewish and Arab gangs who've been roaming the streets looking for trouble in towns with a mixed Jewish and Arab population. The Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has told police they must be prepared to use a lot of force to quell street violence between Jews and Arab Israelis. You're listening to the news on RTHK. <laughs> Welcome back. This is uh, Back Chat on a Friday morning with Danny Gittings and me, Hugh Chiverton. We're continuing our discussion now about the uh, the case of uh, Frederick Choi, the uh, senior policeman, director of national security, who was uh, apprehended in or was found uh, in a uh, an unlicensed uh, massage parlour. Uh, during a police raid and the fallout uh, from that and the way the media has treated it and so on and also about the standing of the uh, police uh, as well. Uh, we want to hear from you. You can email backchat at rthk.hk. We're talking to Lokin Hay and Steve Vickers in the first part of the programme. We're joined now by Chris Young, chairperson of the Hong Kong Journalists Association. Later we're going to be talking about public toilets, the state of public toilets. The Ombudsman has been looking at that and the slow process by which they get renovated, um, uh, standards of cleaning and 
and things like that. We're going to be talking to the Vice President of the Toilets Association later. If you've got any thoughts on public toilets, we want to hear from you. You can email backchat at rthk.hk. Call us on 233-88266. You said there was a, an email from Mike, didn't you? I've lost. I can't find that. I'll, I'll look for that. Uh, in the meantime, uh, some thoughts on uh, the first topic today. Jay says, the big question is, was he involved in monkey business? Then why would the police target that operation? He obviously thinks some monkey business was going on. Secondly, in previous times, the triads did not like getting involved with white policemen because they would not drop the case as to things in Chinese culture. So morally, is he married? If he was up to something that is wrong, then he screwed up. If he's single, well, we we all understand. But if it's a brothel and he was participating, will he get a red chop in his passport? That is uh, from Jay. Uh, Jonathan says the right way to do it is to legalise prostitution here and to apply it retrospectively like the NSL that way we can ratify Mr Choice Act and going forward we can help him unwind after a hard day's work have a great weekend back chat that's from uh, Jonathan uh, Jimmy just says why is this a back chat issue? Uh, and uh, Bowen says, Dear Bankchat, in cases of inappropriate conduct of senior officials, the question of whether it also involves criminal elements is not necessarily the sole issue. Otherwise, former director of broadcasting Chu Po Hing would not have needed, in 2007, to seek retirement 10 months earlier than he had planned. Listeners will recall that Mr Chu did nothing illegal. All he did was to hide behind a karaoke hostess and then lock himself in a toilet after he was spotted by press photographers emerging from a karaoke bar. As Steve Vickers seems to imply, the case's prominence is probably due to Mr Choi's association with the police's National Security Department. And maybe it should be treated more like just another case of this nature. If that is the case, having other prominent politicians like Paul Chair make obfuscatory and outrageous comparisons is certainly not going to help. As one radio show caller who self-identified as a retired discipline services officer pointed out, these officers have long been warned not to patronise disreputable places. Of quote, a private restaurant is not a disreputable venue but an unlicensed massage parlour definitely is, unquote, he said. Paul Chair seems to have made a hobbit a habit, I'm not a hobbit, seems to have made a habit of making wrong and misleading comparisons in controversial cases. Just several weeks ago he wrongly compared criminalising, inciting others to cast blank votes to the present law on prostitution and suicide, as I explained on Backchat previously. Could it be that in these days with no political opposition and reduced fear of political repercussions, it's Establishment figures like Paul Chair himself now believe they no longer need to speak or act carefully. One is tempted to suspect, not that there is yet any evidence, if that could also be the explanation for Mr Choi's strange behaviour. That's from Bowen. And Hugh, you were phoned to an email yeah. from Mike. <coughs> yes, uh, Mike says, This topic fits so well into yesterday's discussion with respect to accountability and this government's total lack thereof of any accountability when someone messes up. Be it the chief executive, Miss Kerry Lamb, or anyone in the security branch. It's not any different from any of the elite, any place in the whole world. No one is held accountable, but what is really entertaining is to watch the elite's fellows protect and cover for each other. Basically, why does a massage parlour need a licence? Is it that difficult to get one? What group of people don't bother to register? Answer those questions and the word triad may pop up. Now watch the roaches scatter when the lights are turned on. Look forward to a fun discussion. 
and, and a couple of comments on Facebook. TC says, first, as government employee, shouldn't the police be politically neutral, just like what's expected of other civil servants? Second, regarding Chanhat Kin's accusations of foreign influence, is he referring to the nationality of the person who provided the massage? And Horatio says, wonderful theme today. Let me sit back, relax, and listen to the show while enjoying my massage in a licensed massage parlour. That's from Horatio. OK, uh, joining us is uh, Chris Young, uh, chair of the Hong Kong Journalists Association. Good morning, uh, Chris. Welcome back to Back Chat. Uh, good, good morning, Hill and uh, Danny. Oh, what's your impression of how the uh, media's handled this story? Was, first of all, it's quite a scoop for the South China Morning Post, and some questions being asked in the... Um, First half of the program about why this, how this story ended up in the South China Morning Post, and secondly, if there was that incident yesterday when uh, Now TV um, withdrew initially withdrew their coverage of, of this story and only reinstated it later in the day. Well, uh, first, um, it's it's not right for me to speculate say, how uh, SCMP got the uh, got the scoop. Uh, of course, it's a it's a very good story. I mean, it's a it's a it's a big scoop. I think it all. It has all the elements of a good of a good story, and um, I imagine that um, this is something I, I could just I could just guess that this is something um, uh, being leaked out, uh, say from the circle. I mean, say, um, in fact, um, uh, looking back with hindsight, um, uh, Choi was already absent from the uh, National Day Education. Uh, event, uh, which, 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 which is in fact quite un, un, unusual, um, is such a major event. And he's head of the national security team in, in, in the, in the police. And, and how, how, how could he, uh, disappear from that, from that event? Maybe there's something that, um, uh, that, uh, drew the, uh, curiosity of journalists and, uh, SCMP, uh, did it. Chris, um, Chris sorry. I mean, sorry, yeah. I mean, the point has been made in the first half, and no disrespect to the SCMP, you and I have both worked there, and SCMP breaks many good stories, but this kind of story is not the sort of story we've normally seen emerging in the SCMP first in Hong Kong, is it? Uh, yes, but you, you, you never know. Uh, maybe um, the, the, the reporter who, who, who wrote that story has... Um, Somehow, uh, accidentally or whatever, uh, it, it's really difficult to, specul to, to speculate. Okay. And um, whether it was deliberately leaked um, to, um, to 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 the SCMP, I, I, I honestly don't know. It may not be fair to the to the to the journalists. But uh, I, I would say um, this is something that, um, that that came out from the from the police themselves, and. Um, for what reasons? Um, well, uh, I think it's, uh, this is uh, is a guessing game. I think there's a lot of, of course, uh, pretty interesting speculation, uh, including, say, something within the police force. Uh, he's the top, say, contender for the post of a commissioner uh, when Chris Tan uh, retired. I think so many juicy elements, so many juicy elements uh, there. But um, the fact. The fact I think now is that uh, well, it's now um, it's now in the in the public limelight, and it it becomes a kind of a political uh, 
Well, um, does it reflect uh, on the current form, commissioner? Does, form, yeah. does sorry. it? Sorry, does it reflect on the current commissioner? Does it? I mean, you say it's 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 inevitably the police is political these days. What the police is political? Where inevitably it has some effect. Does it have an effect on the people? Say the current commissioner has been lined up to become secretary for security next year. What well, your thoughts on that? And could this affect it? Well, certainly, I think uh, he's certainly on the line for uh, for the top polls. And um, if you look at it, it's the top top management. Um, it, it is, um, it's not surprising that if the things go smooth, that uh, he'll be he'll be the successor. But but there's a, of course uh, that's now a a big big uh, question mark about question mark about that. Uh, whether there's link to um, the, the the this story, I think is really difficult. It's really difficult to tell. But I think it's not easy for any outsider to get this uh, kind of a story. But how about Chris Tang, the current commissioner? I mean, he was asked whether he would resign. And uh, as I, I mentioned just now, some people are saying that Chris Tang himself will be promoted next year to become Secretary for Security. Does, does, does this whole con- controversy affect the current commissioner? Um, yes, I think it, 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 it makes him pretty embarrassing. But um, I, I don't think that will affect... Uh, his prospect. I think um, he's. Uh, I think to 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 Beijing. I think he's done a great. He's done a great job. I think there's. I, I don't think there's any doubt about. There's any doubt about it. So uh, he's tough and he's quite say uh, aggressive. Say in um, in PR and um, whether it's good or bad. I think it's in the eyes of. It's in the eyes of beholders. So so just briefly on that point, uh, is it fair to conclude that? there might be a reasonable prospect that he would become Secretary for Security. We, we don't know, of course, and it will all depend on after the uh, ne- next uh, chief executive election, but um, you're saying he's very well regarded in Beijing's eyes and this this whole controversy won't necessarily make any difference to that. Well, um, I, I, I won't be surprised. In the, in the next uh, team, in the next government, and uh, certainly Chris Tang is the kind of uh, person... Uh, that Beijing is looking for, um, say, uh, fighting, fighting style and uh, undaunted and um, uh, aggressive, and um, so um, I, I, I won't be surprised. In fact, I, I tend to think that uh, it will be something that won't disappear from uh, the, the government in the next administration. Uh, As you say, he's admired by some. Of course, he has his uh, detractors, and there are some people who say that the police uh, have got above themselves by speculating on uh, what laws there should be and by talking about things like geopolitics and wading into into, um, um, uh, political issues in this way, apart from things like parading suspects in in manacles and making these kind of uh, very gestural uh, uh, actions, um, that... uh, you know, the police have really um, are getting away with too much. Sorry, can you say that again here? Sorry. Yeah, okay, <laughs> let me summarise. <laughs> uh, some people say the police are, um, uh, and Chris Tang is, uh, are, are, are too much. They're supposed to be law enforcers, and they're doing a lot more than enforcing yeah. the law at yeah, the moment. Yeah, certainly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I think that the police force is it's very different from, from from what we used to know. And um, uh, now it's, it's it's very political, I would say. Uh, uh, in particular, uh, after uh, Chris Tang took, uh, took power, and uh, he, he's more like a political, a 
appointed um, minister uh, rather than a um, head of the police, uh, head of the police or disciplinary force. Uh, the way he came out, the way uh, he tackled the media and uh, tackled the politi tackled the politicians, the oppositions, uh, he's all like a minister. I mean, uh, he's, already, he's already in the job, I would say. You say uh, he might be the next secretary for, for security here. He, uh, sometimes he's, 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 he spoke like a, a minister already. You think you're suggesting he's, he's already more important than the Secretary for Security? Um, well, another uh, matter of speculation. But in fact, uh, I, yeah, I, I agree with the observation that, um, in fact, um, I won't be surprised that, uh, in fact, almost all of the disciplinary forces uh, had kind of a direct contact with um, the officials in Beijing. And, uh, and they... Well, they may even take orders directly from um, from the central authorities, the relevant uh, authorities. Um, the, the, the national security uh, bureaucracy is uh, uh, highly opaque. I mean, uh, you, you, you don't know what, what, what happened. Now it's almost nine months after the national security teams uh, operate, both Hong Kong team and the mainland team. Uh, we, we know very little about it. We so, know very little about it. So is Even it, the structure, the kind of division of work. Yeah. Is this the future of governance in Hong Kong? A more prominent role for the discipline services and perhaps more and more members of the discipline services moving across to other principal official positions? Um, Eric Jung, uh, often mentioned as a possible uh, chief secretary, uh, also from the discipline services. Uh, both, I think, uh, first, uh, Carrie Lam seems to be keen to uh, get this disciplinary forces or non non administrative officers say uh, uh, public servants to become ministers secondly uh, Beijing wants loyalty and uh, I think that disciplinary forces are are, 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 are more reliable, highly reliable and they, they, they trust them more than they trust the um, the smart aos they'd rather yeah. have uh, somebody yeah. in uniform I think, I, I think the uh, it's quite clear that the um, the AOs are uh, say uh, in decline in many sense. That their role and um, in the government, in, in fact, uh, ironically, ironically under under Carrie Lam, uh, their role in fact is, is diminishing. You're saying ironically because, of course, Carrie Lam's a former yeah, AO herself. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He, he's almost, I would say, perhaps the number two. Most senior, the, the most senior one will be Matthew Jones, uh, but 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 then it should be uh, Carrie Lam, uh, the most uh, the, the longest serving uh, AO in this in the current team. But 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 under her administration, um, we we saw I would say a a, a sharp decline of the AO and the influence. Even though we we still have people like Edward Yao, but uh, and and Patrick Neep. But again, um, they they are more like a politician or minister, really political appointee now than an AO. Okay. Uh, well, uh, thanks very much indeed for joining us, uh, Chris Young, the chairperson of the Hong Kong Journalist Association, uh, and uh, Sailor.
shall I call him, says, I, uh, or yeah, him, I am looking forward to the com compromising nude pics in the Massage Gate parlour story. An officer of the law, by visiting triad-controlled brothels, exposes himself to potential blackmail and becoming compromised in his capacity to act impartial. Uh, thanks very much in indeed for that. Um, some other uh, issues uh, reflecting on yesterday's discussion. S says, so for Tommy Chung, what matters is his own children's interest when it comes to foreign doctors being able to practice in Hong Kong. Also, for other issues, he only cares about his own interests. If he really cared, he would insist that foreign trained doctors should either follow the existing system of exams or those without Hong Kong ID should only serve in public hospitals. There should be strict rules about ID cards like the foreign helpers. This is the only way to support the public health system. That is uh, from... Uh, S. And uh, A says, Dear Backchat, could you hold a discussion about the Pfizer vaccine being approved in the USA and Canada for ages 12 to 15 and the need for it to be approved here in Hong Kong for this age group? For those of us in Hong Kong who have been vaccinated and want our kids to be vaccinated, we need the government here to do the right thing and extend the age group of eligibility to 12 plus. Given there's lots of stocks of Pfizer here, the right and responsible thing to do is to open up the option. Parents can then make their own decision for their own families, but having the option is what is important. Many thanks. That's here, for me. Here, here. I was a father of a 13-year-old who's desperate to be vaccinated. Uh, I, I certainly agree extending it, but I understand um, that there is a study There is a study going on uh, which Hong Kong U is conducting um, into using the vaccine for um, uh, 12 to 15-year-olds. So it may be that we have to wait for the outcome of that study. Okay. Uh, one more. This is from Sam, who says, Dear Backchat, the Mr. Choi saga, there could be a best or worst-case scenario. However, there could be no speculation. Whether he was there for an immoral purpose or even this place could be a place where he gathered intelligence on the pretext of a massage. He may have been there for a massage, as it is reported. Uh, media can report in any manner as he was found there. However, on the other hand, his visit would have been on the pretext of a massage for intelligence gathering. It appears someone have been mounting surveillance. I don't think a person of Mr. Choi's calibre need to visit such a place just for a massage. Intel gathering may take many forms. This instance may not have been his first visit. Information to leak and the police to raid. Someone may have observed his movements. We will certainly have to wait for Mr Chris Tang to speak after the investigation report arrives on his table. By way of deception by Victor Ostrovsky, the Mossad agent's book says it all. That comes uh, from Sam. I want to turn finally today to the issue, as I mentioned, of uh, public toilets. This is on the back of the uh, Ombudsman uh, report, uh, uh, criticising uh, the uh, complaint system, the uh, maintenance uh, and the uh, refurbishment of uh, public toilets uh, around Hong Kong. Uh, Dr Henry Hung joins us now. Uh, Dr Hung is Vice President. Of Yo, good morning. Good morning to you. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. So this, the, the Ombudsman you know, highlights various kinds of things. W when you look at the state of the, the public toilets now around, around Hong Kong, do you think they've got the priorities right? What are the big problems? Well, the big problem is the management uh, of the, um, the, uh, uh, the several departments, say the uh, food and environmental hygiene department and the ASD, architectural offices. So all this about the management, it is uh, totally unsatisfactory, I would say. Uh, in terms of the management of public toilets. And there's a reference to uh, cleaning inadequacies, which is obviously something that I think would at any time be a matter of concern, but even more a matter of concern at a time when we have a, a virus or we have had a virus spreading in Hong Kong. Yeah, exactly. During this kind of pandemic uh, period of time, the hygiene is a very high concern in the public toilets and obviously the cleaning frequency, the inspection frequency, the air exchange frequency, all these kind of things in the public toilet are not properly managed, I would say. 
So what's the solution? Give it all to one government department or privatize it? Yeah, there are a lot of solutions. Uh, I, 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 our association suggested the government to set up a special administration team, especially for the public toilet, in order to enhance the image and, and reputation of Hong Kong as a, a metropolitan city. Uh, I, I mean, uh, a special administration team means now all this uh, uh, department, like the uh, food environment, hygiene department, and architectural service department, several de- departments, they manage the same thing. Then why not set up a special administration team who can overall manage the, the public toilet and the hygiene of, of, of everything? And so this will probably solve the problem in a, in a more uh, better way, I would say. I think one thing that was mentioned in the report was that the, they can't, the, the, they don't kind of record the very high usage toilets, uh, you know, ones which which are much much more popular, uh, yeah. and so they're not well served. Yeah, you're talking about the high utilization toilets, yeah. then they they have a gap as reported, uh, so that between three thousand to three hundred, which is just a big gap in terms of um, a management system. So if they provide only one or two uh, a, a toilet attendant to a toilet of uh, 300, then how about the one 3,000? So that is totally uh, an acceptable way of uh, management in, 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 in this public toilet management. Of course, people might say we're very lucky to have any public, or at least any open public toilets at all. You look around the world, there's so many stories um, during COVID from the US and the UK of all public toilets just being um, being closed for prolonged pe- periods with horrendous res- consequences for sanitation. Right, right. Yeah, we're lucky in Hong Kong. This public toilet is still open, but of course then some of the, um, uh, the toilets are, are closed because of uh, many reasons. But anyway, uh, the public toilet in Hong Kong is quite good already. It's still open, so people can use the public toilet in 24 hours, I would say. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, Jimmy says, uh, I remember when public toilets in Hong Kong were needed, but horrible and not well maintained. However, they were later cleaned up. Are they now no longer needed and are being allowed to deteriorate again? That comes uh, from Jimmy. Is Is that the pattern... You see, Dr. Hung, that they were not very good, then they got better, and now they're kind of on the decline again? Or not? Dr. Hung? Oh, yes, uh, yes, yeah, uh, sorry. Yeah, it is not good enough. So the government had to set up uh, uh, some measures to manage the, the all these public toilets. Um, they should introduce some sort of uh, uh, AI or IoT technologies, uh, which is a kind of... Uh, uh, immediate service to those uh, faulty toilets. So this kind of thing the government should think of to, to do. Yeah, the other thing we see in other countries, I imagine it would be very unpopular here, is that um, you start charging for the use of public toilets. Oh, uh, okay. Now, charging toilets is the one way uh, to to make the public toilet better because the user or or the, 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 the guy who used the public toilet, their behavior sometimes is not good. So if they have to pay something, then that may be better. So is that something your association would recommend in Hong Kong? I, yeah, as I said, I imagine there would be... to the government uh, a long time ago, but it's, um, it seems that they have a problem how to uh, charge them. And, uh, and uh, of course, some people, they object uh, this kind of charging. Yeah, I imagine there would be fairly furious objections if you tried to introduce a system like that in Hong Kong. That's right, yeah, yeah. 
because so it is all depends on the public and the government how they're going to to manage the public toilets. Because a lot of the public toilets, my impression is, they're used by people who who can't work, who can't use anything else. So there might be taxi drivers or people working outdoors and, and things like that, where they just don't have the option. There aren't any other toilets. Oh yes, public toilet actually is is the is a kind of uh, facilities that serve the taxi drivers. Because they, uh, in, in the shopping mall, people they they like yeah. using that, but they are not open twenty four hours except the public toilet. They really open twenty four hours. So taxi drivers or those night workers, they can use the public toilet all the time. Hmm. Uh, okay, a couple of comments. First one, this is from Jay Crapper, who says uh, public toilets get the design university public toilets get the design universities and colleges involved because many of the designers and planners we have at present can't design public toilets. We need public toilets that are easy for the old people to clean. Simple design, no cracks in the tiles to hold no nasty corners or dirty floors. We don't need flashy lighting systems, we just need good light, and we don't need flashy towel holders that you can't see, or soap dispensers that are hidden out of sight. We need simple tissue dispensers, and we need it impossible to get mess on the floor. And we obviously have a big problem with the contractors because they don't have intelligence to do good jobs, or Basically, the person who signs off isn't capable. That comes from uh, Jay Crapper. Do you, do you agree on the better design? Yeah, I quite agree with that. Um, actually, they should introduce some sort of a, a smart washroom solution that um, which can facilitate the users to use it uh, in a convenient way. So the design or the hardware of this public toilet had to be uh, modified, had to be improved. So you're talking about spending quite a lot of extra money there, I would imagine. Oh, uh, well, yeah, that's it. But this is a, a balance between hygiene and, and, and money. Okay. Uh, David says, many toilets have the water turned off, so the taps don't work. Uh, and uh, Jimmy says, charging a human being is inhumane. <laughs> <laughs> well... If you go to Europe or some other countries, they really uh, a lot of charging toilets, which is very good. And even in mainland China, so uh, charging the public toilet is not a not a bad idea. Yeah, and there's also apart from the urban areas, there are quite a few toilets in villages in in the new territories and in rural areas. Some in quite sort of remote locations, and I do sometimes wonder if they're actually needed because they're lit up twenty four hours a day and so on. Do they actually reflect the reality of the new territories now to have what to have a village with a with a big public toilet in the middle? Yeah, this could be the, uh, reconsidered because really, as uh, so what you said, there's no not many people using the uh, toilet at the light time in in those rural areas. So that can be um, uh, open uh, not 24 hours. Yeah, that that that, that can be reconsidered. Uh, okay. On the other hand, Paul Zimmerman has just <laughs> said, with the subject line "Not enough toilets," an email noting plastic bottles with pee everywhere. Uh, that yeah, is not good. That's not good. I, I think no. those uh, public toilets in New Territories villages are rather useful if the press are pursuing you. I seem to recall a certain senior police officer disappearing into one when he was being pursued by uh, tabloid, tabloid press last year. Well, with that segue into our first topic, we uh, <laughs> we, we, we end for today. Dr. Hong, thank you very much indeed for joining us. Henry Hong Chi Kun there, who's vice president of the Hong Kong Toilet Association. Danny, thank you very much indeed. And uh, many thanks to Michelle for all her hard work and contribution, amazing contribution. 
to yeah. uh, for uh, for Backchat over this most difficult period. Uh, leaving you now with the weather forecast: mainly clouded with a few showers, isolated thunderstorms at first. Oh, and welcome to Yuki, who's replacing her. Maximum temperature: 32 degrees in the urban areas, a couple of degrees higher in the new territories. There's a thunderstorm warning, effective until 11:30. 30 Celsius at the moment, with a relative humidity now of 76 percent. The Diploma Yijin program is now open for enrollment. It is comparable to Level Two standard in the Hong Kong Diploma of Secondary Education examination in five subjects, including Chinese language and English language. The Diploma Yijin is also a Qualifications Framework Level Three program. It gives you a recognized qualification to further your studies or apply for a job. Visit yj.edu.hk for program details. 9:32. The news now with Samantha Butler. The government has announced a range of measures designed to strengthen infection control during quarantine. It follows the news that a man contracted a mutant strain of coronavirus at a quarantine hotel. The government said it would introduce additional tests for people depending on their quarantine period and the country they last visited. Taiwan Premier Su Cheng Chang says there's no need to raise the island's COVID-19 alert level and compared to last year, the island has more experience and resources to fight the pandemic. Comments by the health minister on Wednesday warning the alert level could be raised prompted a steep fall on the stock market. And the Israeli military has intensified its attacks on Palestinian militants in the Gaza Strip. An army statement said aircraft and ground troops were engaged in new operations against targets in the enclave. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock. Stand by for the brew. Uh, sociology prof from the University of Set and Costume Designer, interpreter of Beethoven. And well, oh, so shy, quiet and retiring doggy council co-founder of Rockefeller Records. Hello. This is a really for adults, it's not really for kids. Good morning. Yeah, well, it's fun, you know. Hello. The side of what's happening behind the myth. Good morning. Inter- interviews and also observations. Absolutely no way. On your radio and live online, this is The Morning Brew. And we've reached Friday. Good morning to you. Great to be back with you. I'm Phil Whelan at 10.10 today. We're off to San Francisco to meet the westbound rower and founder of the NGO around Nova, Erdan Eruch. In conjunction with Hong Kong's Ocean Recovery Alliance, this multi-Guinness World Record-holding rower is about to take on the Great Pacific Challenge. Yep, rowing solo from San Francisco to Hong Kong. We are going to find out why. 11.10, Danny Hicks will be with us for another edition of Sports and All. And at 12.10, we are off to the movies as usual with our Friday friend and film critic James Marsh, who's going to be reviewing Seaspiracy, The Mauritanian, The Mitchells vs. The Machines, and more. Join us on Facebook Live throughout.